Every now and then in life, you come to a place where you decide, I want to go forward. If you want to go forward, there's certain things that are required of you. I want to show you in scripture some things that Moses had to face when he decided to go forward. Amazing decision, wonderful thing to do, but what did it require? You don't want to miss this because some of you made a decision to go forward. Let me show you what it might require of you, and I'm sure you can do it. Stay right there. It's going to be a really good message. Enjoy on demand. Listen, the word of God is in your hand. You get to choose when you watch it. So enjoy today's message. Stay right there. Well, welcome back. I'm glad you're with me today. We're going to talk about moving forward. And uh, we've been talking about decisions for the last several weeks. And our intent has been to help you see how one man, Moses, made decisions. Good decisions and bad decisions, how he came back from bad decisions, how he learned from those bad decisions, how he was challenged to not just be a watcher, somebody who sat around and just watched. He had to participate. He couldn't just sit there and wait for God to do everything. We showed you how in his life he went through a lot of ups and downs, made a bad start, ended up picking himself up, got married, moved to a new place. Then he got comfortable. God said, OK, you need to be curious Go after something, seek, ask, and knock. We talked about how that decision to be curious changed his life, launched him into a new opportunity, how when God challenged him to not just watch but participate, that was a moment for him. Moses went through several moments in his life where he made good decisions. Now, he made some bad ones at the end of his life, which we're not going to cover in this study. One of them was centered around his temperament. He never got a handle on that, but that's another sermon. But I do want to say I learned a lot from him. And I think you learn a lot when you watch people who strive to get beyond their past. And that's what you see in Moses. You see a person who doesn't get trapped and God keeps pulling him forward over and over again. Now, the foundation of our study, <clears throat> I share with you a book called uh, Farsight by Stephen Johnson. And in this book, he talks about how to make decisions that matter the most. It's a really interesting book, um, and, I, and the reason I chose it was because of the three basic tenets of the book. The three things he said you do to make a decision. The first thing is you have to have a map. You have to write down the truth about your life, the truth about where you want to go. And then you have to go to what he calls the predicting phase, where you predict where those choices will lead you. So let's say you on the map wrote down, I'm, going, I'm not going to college. Uh, I, I have the money, the opportunity, but I'm not going to go in to go. Well, let's predict what may be the, the outcome of that decision. Let's say you said, I'm going to get married, and now you're going to get married to somebody you don't know. Let's predict what might be the outcome of that. So there's the mapping phase, he says, then there's a predicting phase, and then there's the decision-making phase. You make decisions based on the truth in your map. You make the decision based on the truth about what you predict will happen because of what your map says. So if, you, if you're going to make good decisions, you have to start off with the truth, an honest prediction, and then you adjust your decisions based on those predictions. He hit me now. He hit me because he was mad. Now, what are the chances uh, that uh, he's not going to get mad or she's not going to get mad later on? The chances are that if she gets mad, if we don't deal with this, go to counseling, resolve this, then when they get mad, anytime they get upset, they might hit me again. You see, you have to, you have to be honest about what the map says. And that, that's what people mess up. That's why I love the book. You just, if you lie on the map, you'll lie in the prediction, and then you, you'll make bad decisions. So map it out, be honest in your predictions, and then make a decision based on what you know is true. I realize when I look forward in, in this season 
There are some things I can predict that are going to happen because people aren't listening. I can look and see that we're going to be facing some of these challenges for years to come because some people won't listen if we don't make a change. Now, if we make a change, then we can predict something different. I, I, I think you don't have to be much of a prophet to say that if our kids don't get a better education, we're in trouble. I can, I, I can predict that we're, we're going to have economic issues and, and equity in our, in our, our finances in our country if, if we don't work to educate our children, spend more time investing in them when they're younger, bringing them up, going after people that are lost. If we don't do something about the prison population, I can predict we're going to have problems. A lot of people coming out of prison, not going to have jobs, and they're not going to be able to get, make money. They end up back in crime. I predict more crime if we don't change. We have to go after the issues that we face. We have to get honest about the map. We have to be honest about racism. We have to be honest about, about gender biases. We have to be honest about those things. Churches have to be honest. You're losing touch with people. You have to look at the map. The map says you're losing touch with people. You're declining in numbers. Only 24% of people come every week. That's it. They're about. And so, I mean, if that's true, what do we predict will be the outcome of that? If we don't make new decisions, we're not going to have a better result. That's why I love the book. Farsighted, wonderful concept, helps you put things into a one, two, three pattern, and you can look at it and say, let me get a piece of paper out and write an honest map. On my map, these are the truths. Write them down. And then draw up some honest predictions and then say, I don't like these three predictions, so therefore I'm going to change. I'm going to make some new decisions today to change the truth of my life. Well, that's what we talked about. Hope it helped you. Hope that review kind of reminded you where we've been. Now we're in Exodus chapter 3 through chapter 5. And I'm going to close this part of the study. And then next week we're going to move to questions people ask me. But I wanted to um, uh, simply uh, bring together in, in, in a summary format what the decisions to go forward will require. That's what I call this. What the decisions to go forward will require. There's seven things I believe I have listed here, and I want you to write these down. And if you don't, you really can just download the notes if you don't know how to do that. Lord have mercy, shame on you. Notes are right there on the app, on the website. You can go right there to them, click in, and you can download them for yourself. So here we go. What the decision to go forward. Whenever you decide to go forward, there are certain things that are required. And here's what it required of Moses. Number one, it requires you to confront your shortcomings. That's really mapping. Right. That mapping phase that Stephen Johnson talked about where you write on the map. I have a shortcoming. Now, Moses in Exodus chapter four is about to go and confront Pharaoh. He's made the decision to obey God and go and not just watch. He's going to get involved. He's going to go confront Pharaoh. And he does in chapter five of Exodus. But in chapter four, verse 24, he's forced to have an honest moment because something's happened in Moses life. He's not been honest about. He had to face the fact that he had decided not to circumcise his children. Now, that was a major violation. He was supposed to circumcise his boys eight days after birth. But because he's married to Zipporah, who's a Midianite, they didn't really believe in circumcision at that early age. And so I'm sure he compromised and said, OK, well, we won't circumcise the boys if that's going to be a big deal for you. And so he does not. Now, I want you to understand, circumcision was a sign of the covenant that man had with Israel. God wanted to remind man every time he had several times a day in his most intimate moments. And also when he went to the restroom several times a day, he would remember you are in covenant with God. So God knew how to mark him. And so God decided to make the man the, the covenant keeper. And it was, it, was the, it was the family's responsibility to make sure they were circumcised eight days after birth. But Moses is compromised. 
Hands of Pora obviously disagreed on this issue. And now he's going to speak for God to Pharaoh in chapter 5 of Exodus. Well, in chapter 4, verse 24, while he's on the way to speak for God, God confronts him. And it's kind of like, wait a minute. Now, you can't go speak for me until you deal with you know what. You know the, the you know what issue. It's amazing how people think they can. They think God doesn't see. You want to speak for God, but you've got this area of your life that's out of alignment with God. And I want you to watch this verse 24 of Exodus chapter 4. At a lodging place on the way to speak to Pharaoh, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. Now, I don't know how, how that was manifested. It doesn't say. Moses could have fell down, obviously, or some kind of way. <clears throat> Excuse me. His wife knew he was in trouble. Verse 25. But Zipporah, his wife, took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskins, and touched and touched Moses' feet with it, threw, his, threw it at his feet. She was so mad. So Moses is, let's assume, laying on the ground. I don't know how the angel, how he was about to die, but Zipporah knew that the boys had to be circumcised. The boys are standing there like, what? What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> and here come mama with the knife. Now, my, sons, my son would have run. But I want you to notice this. This is a story where these boys stood and took it. No anesthesia. She circumcises them. If you don't know what that is, look it up and it'll scare you. She circumcises them with no anesthesia and takes the skin and throws it at Moses' feet. And she says these incredible words. You are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. And at that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. She's mad, but notice the principle. If you're going to go forward, you have to confront your shortcomings. I, I don't believe that you can get by with stuff. I, I don't. I, I think if you are someone representing God and you're not living right, that at some point, God's going to confront you. It's going, at some point, it's going to crash and burn. Sleeping around, doing stuff. I just named that one as an example. But it could be, be a lot of number of things. Being dishonest, lie, whatever. I, there's an old saying, you know, you have to walk the walk if you talk the talk. There has come a culture of compromise that people think is okay. And it's not okay. And this, this story proves it. So if you decide to go forward, you have to confront your shortcomings. Write it on your map. Okay, I have a problem with lust. I have a problem with temptation. I have a problem with lying. And you have to confront that before God confronts you. Because if you don't confront it, he will confront you. And I've seen whole churches be, be, be confronted. I think the lack of growth, money, opportunity, a lot of that is tied to hidden stuff. Just like in the Bible, it talked about Achan's sin in the book of, of Joshua, that, that moment where you have that, that, that one person who has something in their life, and it, 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 it's hidden. Nobody knows it but them. Are you that one person? Here's a guy, Moses, on his way to speak to Pharaoh, and God stops him. And let me tell you, look at the preacher. He will stop you. But somewhere between here and your dream, if you don't confront the issues, he will stop you. Number two, going forward will require that you get involved. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. I talked about that last week. Well, God told Moses, and listen, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. If you're going to go forward, you have to participate. 
You're not going to be able to just talk about stuff. In our communities, in our world, we have to learn to participate and learn to get involved. Now, I've learned I can't participate in everything, but I do pick the two or three things I'm going to do, and I stay in that zone. So I can't be on every board, but I'm on one or two boards. That's it. I can't be in every committee. I can't go to every group and every gathering, but I go to one or two gatherings. I focus my attention on the things I can do. Some of you are too involved in too many things. That's another story. Number three, going forward will require that you step over temporary resistance. And in Genesis, Exodus chapter five, when they first tell Pharaoh that they are going, they want to be free, Pharaoh says no. Now, if you're not careful, a little resistance can run you away. I love the fact that they didn't allow that to dominate them. Every now and then, you've got to step over that. You remember Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? <laughs> That's in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. He just gets really arrogant. And in that moment, sometimes, if you're not careful, it runs you away. Number four, going forward will require you to step over the anger of foolish people. You know, people got angry, you know, because Pharaoh raised the game on them. Pharaoh told him, listen, if you come in here asking me to leave, well, I'm going I'm to make you, you know, work harder. And he did. There are moments when people got angry with Moses and they got frustrated with him in chapter 5, verse 4 through 9. They, the elders turned on him. People started saying, hey, you know, I can't believe you came down here and made our life harder trying to ask this man, let us go. Every now and then, if you want to go forward, you've got to step over the anger of foolish people. People get angry when you challenge them. They get angry when you ask them questions. Right now, we're seeing it in our communities. People are getting angry because they, they're being made to, to, to wear bound, to, to wear masks, is what I was going to say, to, to live in boundaries, to have to do things that are different. If you're in a season when there's a challenge, you have to sometimes rise up. To, rise up. In this season, that's part of the challenge. And people are struggling and, they, and, and, and we, if we're not careful, we get, we, we get stopped because one person got angry. One person got upset. That's part of it. I've learned that in leadership. Number five, going forward will require that you work through temporary workloads. In verse 10 of chapter 5 of, of Exodus, there's this exchange where, where the, the Pharaoh basically doubled their workload, tripled their workload. Because they asked to be free. He said, well, I'm not going to give you any straw then when you make brick. I'm not going to help you. I used to give you supplies to help you, but now you got to get out of the straw and make the brick and meet the same quota. He says, I'm not. I, it was it was an extra workload. But that's what comes sometimes if you want to move forward. There's an extra workload and you can't run from that. Number six, going forward will require you to ignore temporary insults. I love verse 17 of chapter 5. Listen to what Pharaoh said. Pharaoh said, Pharaoh said, lazy. That's what you are, lazy. That's what you are. You, you, that, that, that is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You're just lazy. Every now and then, you, you got to step over that. Does one insult stop you? Does one insult just make you give up and you no longer want to keep trying because somebody called you a name? But you say you want to go forward. You can't let that stop you. Number seven, last one. Going forward will require that you work through temporary support issues. I realize that there are times when it just doesn't go right. Chapter, chapter 5, verse 19. The Israelites' overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told, 
you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you each day. When they let, left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Well, that's pretty bad. Now Moses is standing there and he doesn't have any support. He doesn't have anybody on his side. You know, there are moments there's not going to be any support. There are moments when you have to stand alone. There are moments when there's nobody that's going to fund your business. There are moments when you are alone. There are moments when it's, you, it's just you. But you know you're right. Moses was right. God had given him a clear guidance, clear guidance and a clear word for the people. And eventually he led them to freedom. But what if he'd given up? What if he'd allowed the insult to run him off? What if he'd allowed the, the temporary workload to run him off? What if he gave up? You can't just give up because it's hard. Here's what you got to do. Make a decision and go forward. Now, that, my friend, is the end of this part of the series. And I want to ask you a question. Have you sat down and written out honestly the decisions you need to make? Have you just heard me talk about this and you've not written anything down? That's the first decision you've got to make. A piece of paper, computer, I don't care what you use. And I want you to write down Type up the five things you need to do. Five important decisions you need to make. I've done that. I have a vision folder. I, I put mine on a piece of paper. I wanted to write it out this time. I, you know, I, I'm always big on technology and having no paper, but I wanted to write it down. I wanted to look at my budget. I wrote down a budget, a financial plan for myself for the next few years. Then I wrote down some specific things I want to do for the church a list of things. I didn't even share with the staff, but there's a list of things that I want to see us do. There's something about sitting down and saying, this is what I want to accomplish and the decisions I've got to make to get there. Some of you students, you need to make a decision. You want to be what kind of student? Those grades don't come easily. Trust me. I've had to learn that. I've learned that in order to get the grades I wanted in my upper, upper, um, in my upper degrees, uh, at, at, at the, um, <laughs> it's so funny, in the undergraduate level and in high school, I was okay. I, I came alive in the uh, graduate programs and I, I awakened to a new reality. If I want this, I've got to pay that. Some of you are not paying the price. With too much television, too much goofing off, too many friends, too many phone calls, too much scrolling. That does not pay you. Watch this. This does not pay you money. That don't pay you anything. Watching a bunch of millionaires on television or a bunch of millionaires on, online and you broke. That is not God's will for you. You've got to make a decision to change your life. You have the power. God gave it to you. Moses had to make a decision. He didn't make all good decisions, but he did make some, some good ones at certain seasons of his life. So let me pray for you, can we? Let's pray that this would be the moment. You, you say in your heart, I'm willing to do what, what's required of me. I'm willing to make the decisions I need to make to get to the place I need to be. Father, I pray that this message in this series has helped. I pray that the word of God has lifted their hearts and minds. I pray that you give them a clear sense of vision and direction. I pray that you would open their hearts to hear you in a new way. 
And may they make the right decisions to get to the right place so they can have the right outcomes in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for your kind support. Thank you for letting me pray with you. And for those of you that are listening today and you never given your life to Christ, but you realize you should. Let me just say to you, this could be your moment. Thank you for letting me at least talk to you. I want to pray one final prayer for you because it could be the moment that you make that right decision. If you know you need God in your life, it requires that you ask him into your life. And so let me pray. Father, I pray for those today who'd say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need to make a change. My heart's not right with God, but I wanted to be right with God. And I pray that this could be the moment I surrender my life to him. And I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, after hearing all of that, I have one question for you. Are you willing to take the step? Are you willing to do what it takes to get to the place you want to be? And you said, you've been thinking, you've been praying about this, that you want your life to go to another place. The requirements are clear. It's kind of like going to college. They're prerequisites. If you want this, you have to take that class first. You can't have this class without that class being taken first. You have to take English one before you take English two. You have to take Greek one when I was in school before you can take Greek two. You have to kind of learn the, the, the basic Greek alphabet before you can learn how to pronounce Greek words. There's some things you have to learn first. What are you willing to do? I'm gonna pray for you today. You said you wanna go forward. You say you wanna make a new decision. Let me pray with you. Father, let this be a moment when they make the decision to pay up, to do what they need to do, to make the sacrifice so they can have what they pray for. They've made a decision to change their life. And I pray, God, that they would open their hearts today and allow you to guide them to this new place they desire to be. I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity and may this word live in their lives. In Jesus' name. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thank you for being with us today. If this message blessed you, link it and send it and share it with a friend. I'll see you next time right here on demand. Now I want you to know we have one more sermon in this series. Some questions I want to answer about how you deal with decisions. And there's some questions people have asked me that I'll deal with in our next study. So make sure you tune in. I'll see you next time. You have a blessed day. Bye-bye.